This is day 158 of our daily Bible reading. We'll be completing Jeremiah chapters 40 through 44. Lord Heavenly Father, you are the Almighty God. You are our sovereign King. You are our Savior. We are dead in our trespasses. We walk this earth as dead corpses. And Lord, we are not capable of saving ourselves, and you knew that. And that's why you saved us through your Son. We thank you, Lord, for such a miracle that was done in our lives. We just thank you for loving us enough to save us from ourselves. And even today, we're so stubborn. We continue to fall away from you. Lord, hold fast to us so we can hold fast to you. Please show us mercy and grace. that we may not abuse it, but that we may learn from it, and that we may glorify you. Please bless the reading of this word, in Jesus' name. Amen. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, after Nebuzaradan, captain of the bodyguard, had released him from Ramah, when he had taken him bound in chains among all the exiles of Jerusalem and Judah, who were being exiled to Babylon. Now the captain of the bodyguard had taken Jeremiah and said to him, The Lord your God promised this calamity against this place, and the Lord has brought it on and done just as he promised. Because you people sinned against the Lord and did not listen to his voice, therefore this thing has happened to you. But now, behold, I am freeing you today, from the chains which are on your hands. If you would prefer to come with me to Babylon, come along, and I will look after you. But if you would prefer not to come with me to Babylon, never mind. Look, the whole land is before you. Go wherever it seems good and right for you to go. As Jeremiah was still not going back, he said, Get on back then to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam the son of Shaphan, whom the king of Babylon has appointed over the cities of Judah, and stay with him among the people, or else go anywhere it seems right for you to go. So the captain of the bodyguard gave him a ration and a gift and let him go. Then Jeremiah went to Mizpah to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, and stayed with him among the people who were left in the land. Now all the commanders of the forces that were in the field, they and their men, heard that the king of Babylon had appointed Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, over the land, and that he had put him in charge of the men, women, and children, those of the poorest of the land who had not been exiled to Babylon. So they came to Gedaliah at Mizpah, along with Ishmael, the son of Netaniah, and Yohanan and Jonathan, the sons of Kariah, and Sariah, the son of Tanhumeth, and the sons of Ephi, the Netophathite, and Jezaniah, the son of the Maacathite, both they and their men. Then Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, swore to them and to their men, saying, Do not be afraid of serving the Chaldeans. Stay in the land and serve the king of Babylon, that it may go well with you. Now as for me, behold, I am going to stay at Mizpah to stand for you before the Chaldeans who come to us. 
But as for you, gather in wine and summer fruit and oil, and put them in the storage vessels, and live in your cities that you have taken over. Likewise, also, all the Jews who were in Moab, and among the sons of Ammon and in Edom, and who were in all the other countries, heard that the king of Babylon had left a remnant for Judah, and that he had appointed them over Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan. Then all the Jews returned from all the places to which they had been driven away, and came to the land of Judah, to Gedaliah, at Mizpah, and gathered in wine and summer fruit in great abundance. Now Yohanan, the son of Kareah, and all the commanders of the forces that were in the field, came to Gedaliah at Mizpah, and said to him, Are you well aware that Baalis, the king of the sons of Ammon, has sent Ishmael, the son of Netaniah, to take your life? But Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, did not believe them. Then Yohanan, the son of Kareah, spoke secretly to Gedaliah in Mizpah, saying, Let me go and kill Ishmael, the son of Netaniah, and not a man will know. Why should he take your life, so that all the Jews who are gathered to you would be scattered, and the remnant of Judah would perish? But Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, said to Yohanan, the son of Kareah, Do not do this thing, for you are telling a lie about Ishmael. In the seventh month, Ishmael, the son of Netaniah, the son of Elishama, of the royal family, and one of the chief officers of the king, along with ten men, came to Mizpah to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam. While they were eating bread together there in Mizpah, Ishmael, the son of Netaniah, and the ten men who were with him, arose and struck down Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Serphan, with the sword and put to death the one whom the king of Babylon had appointed over the land. Ishmael also struck down all the Jews who were with him, that is, with Gedaliah and Mizpah, and the Chaldeans who were found there, the men of war. Now it happened on the next day, after the killing of Gedaliah, when no one knew about it, that eighty men came from Shechem, from Shiloh, and from Samaria, with their beards shaved off, and their clothes torn, and their bodies gashed, having grain offerings and incense in their hands to bring to the house of the Lord. Then Ishmael the son of Netaniah went out from Mizpah to meet them, weeping as he went. And as he met them, he said to them, Come to Gedaliah the son of Ahikam. Yet it turned out that as soon as they came inside the city, Ishmael the son of Netaniah and the men that were with him slaughtered them and cast them into the cistern. But ten men who were found among them said to Ishmael, Do not put us to death, for we have stores of wheat, barley, oil, and honey hidden in the field. So he refrained and did not put them to death along with their companions. Now as for the cistern, where Ishmael had cast all the corpses of the men whom he had struck down because of Gedaliah, it was the one that King Asa had made on account of Baasha, king of Israel. Ishmael, the son of Netaniah, filled it with the slain. 
Then Ishmael took captive all the remnant of the people who were in Mizpah, the king's daughters and all the people who were left in Mizpah, whom Nebuzaradan, the captain of the bodyguard, had put under the charge of Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam. Thus Ishmael, the son of Netaniah, took them captive and proceeded to cross over to the sons of Ammon. But Yohanan, the son of Kareah, and all the commanders of the forces that were with him, heard of all the evil that Ishmael, the son of Netaniah, had done. So they took all the men and went to fight with Ishmael, the son of Netaniah, and they found him by the great pool that is in Gibeon. Now as soon as all the people who were with Ishmael saw Yohanan, the son of Kareah, and the commanders of the forces that were with him, they were glad. So all the people whom Ishmael had taken captive from Mizpah turned around and came back, and went to Yohanan, the son of Kareah. But Ishmael, the son of Netaniah, escaped from Yohanan with eight men and went to the sons of Ammon. Then Yohanan the son of Kareah and all the commanders of the forces that were with him took from Mizpah all the remnant of the people whom he had recovered from Ishmael the son of Netaniah, after he had struck down Gedaliah the son of Ahikam, that is, the men who were soldiers, the women, the children, and the eunuchs, whom he had brought back from Gibeon. And they went and stayed in Geruth Chimham, which is beside Bethlehem, in order to proceed into Egypt because of the Chaldeans. For they were afraid of them, since Ishmael the son of Netaniah had struck down Gedaliah the son of Ahikam, whom the king of Babylon had appointed over the land. Then all the commanders of the forces, Yohanan the son of Kareah, Jezaniah the son of Hoshiah, and all the people, both small and great, approached and said to Jeremiah the prophet, Please let our petition come before you, and pray for us to the Lord your God, that is, for all this remnant, because we are left but a few out of many. As your own eyes now see us, that the Lord your God may tell us the way in which we should walk and the thing that we should do. Then Jeremiah the prophet said to them, I have heard you. Behold, I am going to pray to the Lord your God in accordance with your words, and I will tell you the whole message which the Lord will answer you. I will not keep back a word from you. Then they said to Jeremiah, May the Lord be a true and faithful witness against us if we do not act in accordance with the whole message with which the Lord your God will send you to us. Whether it is pleasant or unpleasant, we will listen to the voice of the Lord our God to whom we are sending you, so that it may go well with us when we listen to the voice of the Lord your God. Now at the end of ten days, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Then he called for Yohanan the son of Kareah, and all the commanders of the forces that were with him, and for all the people, both small and great, and said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, to whom you sent me to present your petition before him. If you will indeed stay in this land, then I will build you up and not tear you down. 
and I will plant you and not uproot you. For I will relent concerning the calamity that I have inflicted on you. Do not be afraid of the king of Babylon, whom you are now fearing. Do not be afraid of him, declares the Lord. For I am with you to save you and deliver you from his hand. I will also show you compassion, so that he will have compassion on you and restore you to your own soil. But if you are going to say, We will not stay in this land, so as to not obey the voice of the Lord your God, saying, No, but we will go to the land of Egypt, where we will not see war or hear the sound of a trumpet or a hunger for bread, and we will stay there, then in that case, listen to the word of the Lord, O remnant of Judah. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, If you really set your mind to enter Egypt and go in to reside there, then the sword which you are afraid of will overtake you there in the land of Egypt, and the famine about which you are anxious will follow closely after you there in Egypt, and you will die there. So all the men who set their mind to go to Egypt to reside there will die by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence and they will have no survivors or refugees from the calamity that I am going to bring on them. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, As my anger and wrath has been poured out on the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so my wrath will be poured out on you when you enter Egypt, and you will become a curse, an object of horror, an imprecation, and a reproach and you will see this place no more. The Lord has spoken to you, O remnant of Judah. Do not go to Egypt. You should clearly understand that today I have testified against you, for you have only deceived yourselves. For it is you who sent me to the Lord your God, saying, Pray for us to the Lord our God, and whatever the Lord our God says, Tell us so, and we will do it. So I have told you today, but you have not obeyed the Lord your God, even in whatever he has sent me to tell you. Therefore you should now clearly understand that you will die by the sword, by famine and by pestilence, in the place where you wish to go to reside. But as soon as Jeremiah, whom the Lord their God had sent, had finished telling all the people all the words of the Lord their God, that is, all these words, Azariah the son of Hoshiah, and Yohanan the son of Kareah, and all the arrogant men said to Jeremiah, You are telling a lie. The Lord our God has not sent you to say, You are not to enter Egypt to reside there. But Baruch the son of Neriah is inciting you against us, to give us over into the hand of the Chaldeans, so that they will put us to death and exile us to Babylon. So Yohanan the son of Kareah, and all the commanders of the forces, and all the people, did not obey the voice of the Lord to stay in the land of Judah. But Yohanan the son of Kareah, and all the commanders of the forces, took the entire remnant of Judah, who had returned from all the nations to which they had been driven away, in order to reside in the land of Judah, the men, the women, the children, 
the king's daughters, and every person that Nebuzaradan, the captain of the bodyguard, had left, with Gedaliah the son of Ahikam, and grandson of Shaphan, together with Jeremiah the prophet, and Baruch the son of Neriah, and they entered the land of Egypt, for they did not obey the voice of the Lord, and went in as far as Tapanes. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah in Tapanes, saying, Take some large stones in your hands, and hide them in the mortar in the brick terrace which is at the entrance of Pharaoh's palace in Tapanes, in the sight of some of the Jews, and say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I am going to send and get Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and I am going to set his throne right over these stones that I have hidden, and he will spread his canopy over them. He will also come and strike the land of Egypt. Those who are meant for death will be given over to death, and those for captivity, for captivity, and to those for the sword, to the sword. And I shall set fire to the temples of the gods of Egypt, and he will burn them and take them captive. So he will wrap himself with the land of Egypt as a shepherd wraps himself with his garment, and he will depart from there safely. He will also shatter the obelisks of Heliopolis, which is in the land of Egypt, and the temples of the gods of Egypt he will burn with fire. The word that came to Jeremiah for all the Jews living in the land of Egypt, those who were living in Migdal, Tapanes, Memphis, and the land of Pathros, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, You yourselves have seen all the calamity that I have brought on Jerusalem and all the cities of Judah. And behold, this day they are in ruins and no one lives in them, because of their wickedness which they committed so as to provoke me to anger by continuing to burn sacrifices and to serve other gods whom they had not known, neither they, you, nor your fathers. Yet I sent you all my servants, the prophets, again and again, saying, Oh, do not do this abominable thing which I hate. But they did not listen or incline their ears to turn from their wickedness, so as to not burn sacrifices to other gods. Therefore my wrath and my anger were poured out and burned in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem so that they have become a ruin and a desolation as it is this day. Now then, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Why are you doing great harm to yourselves, so as to cut off from you man and woman, child and infant, from among Judah, leaving yourselves without remnant, provoking me to anger with the works of your hands? burning sacrifices to other gods in the land of Egypt, where you are entering to reside, so that you might be cut off and become a curse and a reproach among all the nations of the earth. Have you forgotten the wickedness of your fathers, the wickedness of the kings of Judah, and the wickedness of their wives, your own wickedness, and the wickedness of your wives, which they committed in the land of Judah? and in the streets of Jerusalem?
but they have not become contrite even to this day, nor have they feared nor walked in my law or my statutes, which I have set before you and before your fathers. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I am going to set my face against you for woe, even to cut off all Judah. And I will take away the remnant of Judah, which have set their mind on entering the land of Egypt to reside there. And they will all meet their end in the land of Egypt. They will fall by the sword and meet their end by famine. Both small and great will die by the sword and famine. And they will become a curse, an object of horror, an imprecation, and a reproach. And I will punish those who live in the land of Egypt, as I have punished Jerusalem with the sword, with famine, and with pestilence. So there will be no refugees or survivors for the remnant of Judah who have entered the land of Egypt to reside there and then to return to the land of Judah, to which they are longing to return and live. For none will return except a few refugees. Then all the men who were aware that their wives were burning sacrifices to other gods, along with all the women who were standing by as a large assembly, including all the people who were living in Pothros in the land of Egypt, responded to Jeremiah, saying, As for the message that you have spoken to us in the name of the Lord, we are not going to listen to you but rather we will certainly carry out every word that has proceeded from our mouths by burning sacrifices to the queen of heaven and pouring out drink offerings to her, just as we ourselves, our forefathers, our kings, and our princes did in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. For then we had plenty of food and were well off and saw no misfortune. But since we stopped burning sacrifices to the Queen of Heaven and pouring out drink offerings to her, we have lacked everything and have met our end by the sword and by famine. And, said the women, when we were burning sacrifices to the Queen of Heaven and were pouring out drink offerings to her, was it without our husbands that we made for her sacrificial cakes in her image and poured out drink offerings to her? Then Jeremiah said to all the people, to the men and women, even to all the people who were giving him such an answer, saying, As for the smoking sacrifices that you burned in the cities of Judah and on the streets of Jerusalem, you and your forefathers, your kings and your princes, and the people of the land, did not the Lord remember them? And did not all this come into his mind? So the Lord was not able to endure it any longer because of the evil of your deeds, because of the abominations which you have committed. Thus your land has become a ruin, an object of horror, and a curse, without an inhabitant as it is this day. Because you have burned sacrifices and have sinned against the Lord and not obeyed the voice of the Lord or walked in his law, his statutes, or his testimonies, Therefore, this calamity has befallen you as it is this day. Then Jeremiah said to all the people, including all the women, Hear the word of the Lord, 
all Judah who are in the land of Egypt. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, as follows. As for you and your wives, ye have spoken with your mouths and fulfilled it with your hands, saying, We will certainly perform our vows that we have vowed, to burn sacrifices to the Queen of Heaven and pour out drink offerings to her. Go ahead and complete your vows, and certainly perform your vows. Nevertheless, hear the word of the Lord, all Judah, who are living in the land of Egypt. Behold, I have sworn by my great name, says the Lord, never shall my name be invoked again by the mouth of any man of Judah in all the land of Egypt, saying, As the Lord God lives. Behold, I am watching over them for harm and not for good. And all the men of Judah who are in the land of Egypt will meet their end by the sword and by famine until they are completely gone. Those who escape the sword will return out of the land of Egypt to the land of Judah, few in number. Then all the remnant of Judah who have gone to the land of Egypt to reside there will know whose word will stand, mine or theirs. This will be the sign to you, declares the Lord, that I am going to punish you in this place, so that you may know that my words will surely stand against you for harm. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am going to give over Pharaoh, Hophra, king of Egypt, to the hand of his enemies, to the hand of those who seek his life, just as I gave over Zedekiah, king of Judah, to the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, who was his enemy and was seeking his life. You know what? You know what I would call this book if I could? I would call this the book of people who never listen to God. Right? I mean, this seems like the reoccurring theme over and over in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah has the unfortunate job, and I don't want to say it like working for God is burdensome, but he is put in such an awkward situation time and time again where he looks like a liar and he looks like he works for Babylon and nobody listens to God. And I feel so bad about that. I feel bad about it because we do it too. And it, we have not learned our lesson over thousands of years. We today do the exact same thing that they did to Jeremiah. We don't listen to the word of God. And what do I mean by that? Well, we don't have prophets the same way they did back then, right? Because Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of all the prophets. But that's even worse, isn't it? We have Jesus Christ with his words written in this book. We have all the commandments of God, and we have his complete revelation from the beginning to the end. We don't need anything else. We don't need any more prophets. Everything that God expects from us is in the Bible. And yet, to this day, we do not obey everything that's in the, the book. And so, we are no different than these people. God has shown us mercy and grace, but I pray that we are sitting here today with a resolve to never abandon the Lord the way that these people did. So let's go through what happened today very briefly. And I always say very briefly, but you know how I get. 
sometimes if the Lord takes over and he starts revealing things to me as we read, then I go a little bit longer than I expected. But let's just see what the Lord has for us today. So chapter 40. Now, I thought it was very interesting that it started with Nebuzaradan, the one who is the Babylonian captain of the bodyguard, that he's the one that declared that the Lord was with them and that he has released Jeremiah. And so we see that he and some other really impoverished people were given the option to stay or to go somewhere else. They were told to either go to Babylon or to stay in the land of Judah. And in this case, Jeremiah chose to stay. He wasn't going to go to Babylon with them because he felt the Lord's calling to be with the people and to get them to obey the word of the Lord. And we see a prominent figure here. His name is Gedaliah. He was a puppet governor that was assigned to Judah. Because it mentions his lineage multiple times. It says, Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan. Now, Shaphan was a nobleman in the time of Josiah. And so this is a grandson of one of Josiah's nobles. And he was appointed as the governor, if you will, of the area of Judah. And he seemed to be doing some things right. But there was someone named Ishmael the son of Netaniah, that was going to subvert all that, and he wanted power for himself. So he snuck in there. There's some bad reports about this guy. Gedaliah didn't listen to any of them. They thought he was lying. He gave them the benefit of the doubt, but he didn't listen to good reason. And that caused him to be assassinated by Ishmael. Now, why would he do this? Well, it does mention that in chapter 41, verse 1, that Ishmael is of the royal family. And so perhaps he did that because he was jealous and because he felt that the throne was rightly his for some reason. And so he got passed over as being governor and he didn't like that very much. And so he took matters into his own hands. Now, it mentions beginning in verse 4 and 5, that after Gedaliah was killed, that there were some men that came from Shechem, from Shiloh, and from Samaria, that with their, they had their beards shaved off, they had their clothes torn, and their bodies gashed. So all of these are signs of mourning, if you will, as signs of defeat, signs of submission to the Lord, because they were in such grief. They had been conquered, they had been driven out of their homes, they have been completely desolated. So they were headed to Jerusalem in order to offer sacrifices to the Lord, even though at this point the temple was already destroyed. They still wanted to worship at this site, because this is where they have done so for so many generations. But we see this guy, Ishmael, he just continues to pile up the bodies, and he piles them up in a cistern that King Asa, several generations past, had done. And it just gets worse. And then we see that Ishmael was afraid of this one man named Yohanan, the son of Kareah. And it looks like Yohanan was able to drive out Ishmael, but he didn't get to kill him because Ishmael escaped. 
to the land of the Ammonites. And then we have here in chapter 42, we have an interesting situation. So this guy, Yohanan, the son of Karea, seems to be the leader here of this band of soldiers of some kind. And they come to Jeremiah and they say, look, we are the remnant. And again, that's that reoccurring theme that we see throughout the Bible. We are the current remnant. We ask you to pray to God for us. See what he wants us to do. And whatever he says, we will do it. And so Jeremiah goes and prays. And after about 10 days, then he comes back with an answer from the Lord. Now bear in mind, they had just promised that they were vowing anything that God said, good or bad, they were going to do it. Pleasant or unpleasant. But then whenever Jeremiah actually gave them the message from God, they were very upset with what he said. He gave them the same, and this, <laughs> I guess this is why I'm so frustrated as to why they did not like what God said. Because if I had heard the words of Jeremiah in the past, this is very much the same thing. And God has been saying the same thing to these people all along. I want you to repent. I want you to return to me. I want you to obey my commandments. And I want you to obey my instruction for you. It's really that simple, and everything will go well with you. And yet, this is not a secret message. This is not even a new message, really. And they still didn't like what Jeremiah was telling them from the Lord. Instead, they call him a liar. And they say that he is making this up, and he just wants to show his allegiance to Babylon. They have not learned. They haven't even mentioned that they wanted to go into Egypt. But God says, don't go into Egypt. It is not going to be where I want you to go. You don't recognize this, but hundreds of years before you existed, you all came out of Egypt. They enslaved you. I saved you from them. Why are you going back there? But not only that, I simply need you to obey me. Do not go into Egypt. But if you do, know this, that if you don't obey me, you will die in Egypt, some way or another. And so they heard all this, and they said to Jeremiah, you are lying. You just want us to be captured by Babylon. And I can imagine Jeremiah like, look, you wanted to hear from God. Here it is. Take it or leave it, sir. And they didn't take it. Instead, they blamed Baruch. Even though we don't know what Baruch, what kind of influence Baruch has, they said Baruch is inciting you against us. So apparently they're thinking Baruch is some sort of inside guy for Babylon, but there's no proof of that. And we don't even see Baruch speak very much in here. So I don't know what kind of influence he had or what kind of reputation he carried, but apparently one that where he was a Babylonian spy. So these guys didn't listen, and they went into Egypt. And Jeremiah went with them because God wanted him to continue to minister to them. And while he was in Egypt, Jeremiah received word from the Lord that he was going to send Babylon and conquer Egypt. And these, this particular place where he put these large stones was going to be where 
the king of Babylon would set up his throne. This is going to be where he would cause all of this to happen. And indeed, we have historical records of this in the year 568 BC, where Nebuchadnezzar did invade Egypt. It, it really happened. Of course it did. The Lord said it would, so therefore it does happen. Chapter 44 is a recap of what Jeremiah shared with the Jews that were in Egypt. It's the exact same kind of message as he gave to the land of Judah before Babylon came and conquered Jerusalem. And this is the last time that Jeremiah is going to speak to this particular group of people. And what he is going to address with them is their idolatry. And this is why God is angry with them. And again, God reminds us in verse 7, Why are you doing great harm to yourselves? Again, they think they're hurting God in some way, but God is not affected by this. He has his standards, and he is angry that his standards are not met. But it doesn't injure God, because God does not need our worship. But instead, they are provoking him to anger, and by his justice and by his standards, he has to act. If someone is in direct defiance to him, then he is going to pursue that. But what does he want from them? What is God wanting from these people besides repentance, right? Verse 10, he's very clear what he wants from them. They have not become contrite even to this day. What does it mean to be contrite? The best way to describe contrition, and this is something that I think the modern day church lacks very much, it's not the same thing as repentance. Repentance is an action of turning away, right? Removing yourself from the equation when it comes to sinful behavior. But contrition is the feeling of the weight of your sin. Recognizing and feeling the weight and dirtiness of your sin. How filthy our evil is. And that is what should cause us to stay away. That feeling of, ugh, I don't want to be a part of this. I don't want to have anything to do with idolatry because I recognize how evil it is. I refuse to accept anything less than what God wants for me. That requires a big step for some people. That means you might have to cancel Netflix. That might mean you need to cancel watching certain TV shows because of the language or the sexual content or violence. That may need, like in my case, it may need mean that you need to stop playing video games. Stop hanging out with certain people. Stop drinking alcohol. Whatever it is that your problem is, then you may need to make some big changes. You cannot compromise with evil. And the more closer you get to God and recognize how dark this world is and how much we allow into our minds, you will see more and more the stark reality that God wants us to be removed from those things. That we are to be in the world, but not of the world. The forces of evil do a great job of making the world seem much more harmless than it actually is. It makes it so enticing, so easy to do all this stuff. It's so easy to eat unhealthy food 
because it's so cheap compared to healthy food. It's so easy to look at porn online because it's free all over the internet. It's so easy to be unfaithful to your spouse because there's so many women out there that, and men even, that have no problem having multiple partners. It's so easy to accept the movement of LGBTQ and all that other garbage out there, the wokeness of the world, because it's everywhere, and we don't want to be disrespectful to people. We want to be loving. It's not loving to accept sin. It is loving to love the person and to pray for them and to minister to them, just like Jeremiah ministered to these people. But we don't accept the sin. Whatever God's standards are should be our standards. Whatever he considers profane, we consider it profane. Your life will be potentially very different from the way you live it right now if you fully understand this. Is it easy? No. It requires sacrifice. But if we truly love the Lord, it won't matter. It really won't matter because we want to serve the Lord no matter what. And what pleases him is complete obedience. Verse 10, But they have not become contrite even to this day, nor have they feared nor walked in my laws or my statutes. When you fear the Lord, when you have that awe and reverence for him, you will be afraid to break his commandments. When it says to love your neighbor as yourself, treat others the way you want to be treated, all those different things that he says and how we interact with other people, if we transgress that law and we don't care, then we obviously don't have a healthy fear of God. The more time you spend with God, the more you will fear him. And that is something that a lot of people lack, is that time spent with God. This is great time that we're spending here right now, but it's not enough. That is listening to me speak. Yes, it is the word of God. This commentary is not the word of God. But at the same time, don't let this be the only investment you have in God. It's not enough. You need to spend more time in his word. Spend time with him in prayer. You maybe need to fast in order to recalibrate your priorities. Fasting is not required, but it may be necessary. Only you know your state. I can't tell you where your state is. But God knows your state, and he's probably whispering to you what it is and what he wants from you. But here's the thing. There, you don't need a new revelation from God of what he expects from you. It's right here. You want to print this verse out and post it somewhere. This is what he expects from you, too. He wants you to be contrite. He wants you to fear and walk in his law. He wants you to obey his statutes. Is it worth it? Yes. Not only because we love our God, but also because he promises prosperity and peace to his people. That should be more than enough of a reason to do this. So we see God at the rest of the chapter say, this is what is going on with you guys, and this is the message I have for you. You need to repent, you need to turn back, you need to listen to me. And they flat out said to Jeremiah here, in verse 16, 
As for the message you have spoken to us in the name of the Lord, we are not going to listen to you. As simple as that. We are going to listen to the Queen of Heaven. We are going to sacrifice to the Queen of Heaven. The Queen of Heaven is our God. And we're going to continue to sacrifice to her. We're going to continue to make cakes to her. And the husbands knew about all this and that their wives were doing this, and they just continued to let them do it. So by their absence in the process, their lack of leadership in their homes, they are equally as guilty. That's the same thing that happened with Adam and Eve. Eve was the one who originally sinned, yes, but Adam was right there, and he did nothing to stop it when he was the one who received the original command from God. He was held accountable more than her for that very reason. So as leader, he failed. Eve was an accomplice, but Adam failed. In the same way, these husbands failed because their wives were doing something that they were not supposed to be doing, and they let it happen. We are supposed to be the prophets, the priests, and the kings of our home, men. And if you're allowing things in your house that should not be allowed, you need to take good inventory, and you need to change it. So in verse 20, Jeremiah responds to these things and says, God knows exactly what you've been doing, and because you're not going to obey me, mark my words, it's going to happen to you exactly everything God has said. And God even takes it a step further. I'm going to give you a sign. I'm going to prove it to you. Just know that Hophra, king of Egypt, is going to be handed over to Nebuchadnezzar. Just like Zedekiah was, so it's going to happen to Hophra, king of Egypt. So as we conclude for today, remember the words of the Lord today. If you are not obeying the Lord in everything, and I'm guilty of this too, I'm not exempt from this, everyone has somewhere in their life that we hold back from God, why are you doing great harm to yourselves? Provoking me to anger. You have not become contrite even to this day, nor have you feared nor walked in my law or my statutes, which I have set before you and before your fathers. This applies directly to us too. Take a good look at yourself today. Examine yourself and see where you fall short. Pray to the Lord for forgiveness and repent. I'm working on that too. I have some areas I have held back, and I have some areas I need to work on. But this is God's instruction for us today. We need to take this seriously. Because he's got some grand plans for us. Because this world needs his word so badly. And we need to be the feet that the gospel moves on. Be the voice and be the feet of the gospel. By surrendering your will to the master. And with that, that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.